Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined here, as always, by my brother, Ian. Ian, I threw back to the old podcast opening. The reason is because we're throwing back to a returning guest who is here to talk to us today on the From the Stands podcast. Welcome back, pod god, Rob Shaw. Rob, let's talk some NBA, bro. Always. Always a pleasure to be on the show and always fun to talk hoops with you guys. Make sure you check out Rob on the Shaw's Lot podcast. Uh, we'll make sure we tag everything in, in the in our Instagram post. It'll be in the in the submission to anywhere you find your podcast. But Rob, we're back for another edition. Ghosts, back to back. Western Conference over unders. Last year, you spent a lot of time and energy on the Phoenix Suns, and I think it worked out. My guys, Devin Booker, Team D Book. So let's dive right into it. Let's dive right in. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have an over-under of 48 and a half. The over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. Rob, over or under? I think I'm under on them. I don't know what the the Porzingis and Luka marriage is, is headed for divorce. And it looks like an arranged marriage from the start. Like they were never, nobody had stars in their eyes. I don't know what to do with the coaching situation, but like for all Lucas talent, he it's super close to, are we going to get him a second guy ever? Like they they found nice role players, but this is a league where the Nets have three all-stars. The Lakers have two top five guys. The Warriors have a top five guy and then a top 15 guy. And then it's who's the second best player on the maps. How about that? The answer is it doesn't matter. Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay. And what is Tim Hardaway Jr. Top 50, 60 NBA player. Well, he's not sniffing the all-star game. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Okay. That matters in this league. Like you, you need at least an all-star and a guy who's close. Like, even if they could get him a CJ McCollum guy, like mm, he could be an all-star. He never made it, but he's close. Or Mike Conley in his prime. He never made it, but he's close. They don't even have one of those. They have Luca, and then, man, it's rough here. Ooh, Ian. Luca, Luca may be the one of maybe three guys where not having an all-star just doesn't matter. Right? I mean, here's what you got to think about. The West is worse. It's worse because of who went where. And it's also worse because of the injuries, particularly at the top of that conference with Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray with Denver, Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, right? I mean, that's catastrophic. So if we're not taking Dallas as like a 3-4 seed, which by the way is 50 wins, who are we taking, right? You know, I think the Porzingis concerns are valid. And if Jason Kidd goes back to his blitzing style like he had with Milwaukee, that's going to be really bad because Porzingis can't move anymore. But if they can find a way to empower him at least a little bit just so they can trade him for, for something that isn't completely negative value, then I think they're on to something. Plus, I do think they get Goran Dragic at some point. Mm-hmm. So. Dwight Powell's back. The Kleba 
Porzingis, Powell, front court mix can work. And Luka Doncic is the MVP. So I think this is a LeBron in 2007 level player where the supporting cast just won't matter. This is going to be, this is 50 wins. This is over. Okay. Slight over, but over. Okay. Cause that's the, the number is just too high for me. I don't think they can get to 50. And I think they are Luca rolled ankle or a COVID scare for away sure. from it is bad. Fair. I, I'm, I'm also more concerned about Jason Kidd than I am anything to do. Thank you. That was my that's only, only thing point. I'm concerned about. I literally like, wrote down one thing. Jason Kidd is the yeah. coach. This is under. <laughs> I, told you, I don't know what they're doing with the coaching situation. Like the, but the one thing I'll say about Kid though is that he was brought in for a reason. And if that reason was that Carlisle and Luca couldn't get on the same page, and Kid and Luca can, for whatever reason, that weird point guard, big point guard mind thing, then it this makes sense. Like there's a reason Jason Kidd's here. He's not here because he won a championship there. He's here because of Luca. That's it. Luca's so, not the problem. Yeah, but he's going to be the answer. He's going to be the solution. <laughs> I think both. I think both of you guys are right. I think Luca this is the number. Enough, I, if he takes, I don't bet this. It's 48, 48 is the number. I think. Yeah, it's right around there. But they're not going to be like a forty-two win team, and I also don't think they're going to be a fifty-eight win team. This no. is one of the tougher ones. It's going to be right in around that number. I again, for me, Jason Kidd. Sorry. You know, uh, seen not Jason Kidd. Uh, we don't know what Chris Stapps is anymore. What do we got? What do we got here? Donchich. Oh, wait, real quick on Jason Kidd. I live in the New York area, so I saw Jason Kidd completely dominate as a net. And then until last, prior to last year, the Knicks hadn't had a good season until Jason Kidd was a Nick. And when he got the Nets job, I was so excited for him. And the second they made that trade that got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, I was immediately mm-hmm. out. As a young coach stepping in, you need a young team. They gave him a team with championship aspirations with over-the-hill players. And I wanted, I legitimately want to say it stunted his growth as a player. I mean, as a coach. As a coach, and, right. And now I just can't. I, I feel like Luke is going to kick a couple chairs this season. Again, it, this can go either way. Luca's that good. He's that good. He's that good. The, the, the MVP I, I'm, conversation. I'm going to lean just really quickly. The I'm MVP conversation lead. is Giannis, Luca. End of discussion. That's all. I that's agree. that's it. That's the discussion. And if Luca, that's the problem. But but never in the history yes. of the league has an MVP failed to win 50 games. So uh, Russell Westbrook. Russ. Russell Westbrook won one. 40. Sorry, games. one. Okay, I was <laughs> just about to ask if that. And by the Russ? way, and 2017 was a sham. Or whatever yeah. the hell he wanted. Yeah, that a was shame. Harden's MVP. It was Ooh, I would have said I would have said Kawhi. Wow, we can have it another. It wasn't Russ's MVP. There was, was no wrong Russ. answer, with the exception of the one they gave the trophy to. <laughs> well, did Derrick Rose win fifty games when he won it over LeBron because people were sick of? Yeah, he was there? unbelievable. The, the Bulls were uh, they were the one seed. They were really good. Yeah, year. good point. So again, Doncic, Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, Porzingis, Dwight Powell is going to start at center. You got Brunson. They brought in Reggie Bullock. Maxi Cleaver's kicking around here. You Bullock know. is a good signing. I like. I agree. I agree. I, th- I think. That, I think it works. And I think getting rid of. I was huge on the Josh Richardson acquisition last year. That did not work. But um, let's move. Actually, you know what? Really quick before we move on, Rob, I didn't even 
gauge the temperature because we just finished your podcast. So it's like we've been talking all evening. How's it going? Anything new? Everything good? Everything is good. Like just. You're in your 30, 30 podcasts in 30 days right now. So you're grinding. 30 podcasts in 30 days is destroying me because last year when I did it, I had COVID and I didn't realize how much of a blessing COVID was because people could be like, yo, man, I'm on West Coast time. I can do 1 p.m. I have COVID. I can't go anywhere. Sure. Oh, I can only do uh, lunchtime at my job. I can't go anywhere. Let's do it. Now that like I'm working and like life is continuing on as normal people like hey i can do this time i'm like scheduling oh man well you're getting through it i listened to the nuggets one uh, a couple days ago oh kate walker Uh, my god yeah really impactful and yet you just had us on this guy's talking about like legit plays and sets that he's gonna run that they're gonna run in denver and ian and i are arguing over who the greatest raptor of all time is but again uh we digress that's not an argument no i know but you know what i mean we were we were fighting about scotty barnes and god knows what else uh denver Denver's over under is 47 and a half over is minus 145. The under is plus 110. So Vegas is begging you to take the under. <laughs> this one. Woo. Does Vegas know something about Jamal Murray that the rest of us don't? I, it's a great question. Because I looked at this one and then I immediately ran down to see what the Clippers were at. Because I think they're in similar boats. Uh, the obviously Kawhi is a much better player than Jamal Murray, but it just for the functionality of that team, like the Jokic Murray pick and roll is the inverted pick and roll is so important to them. And as much as I like Michael Porter Jr., he's more shots for him could get very critical. I think I'm, I think I'm an under here too, and I think I'm a happy under. And not just because of the odds. Ian, the Michael Porter Jr. contract. You immediately text me. So, you have the floor. The MVP of the league is not losing. Is not Sorry, he's not winning less than 50 games. We are talking about Jamal Murray as if he's Kawhi Leonard. As if he's Jokic. He isn't. Right? Like, Jamal Murray. I love Jamal Murray. Okay? He's never sniffed the all-star game. He's never even, I don't even know if he's ever been a contestant. They, they mail that out to the fans. We'll like vote for our ballot guys. And not even the fans are voting for Jamal Murray to be in it. Okay. He is a really good basketball player. He is not an all-star. They can fill that gap. This is, you know, the fact that we talk about Dallas and the Clippers, if they're the same tier, I understand Kawhi, you know, load manages throughout the, throughout the year, but I, I'm sorry. Jamal's not even in that discussion. He's not in that discussion. This is an over, and this should be an easy over, particularly is the Michael Porter Jr. contract outrageous considering his medical history? Yes, it's outlandish. It is, it's bordering on irresponsible. But if he's healthy, which he's been thus far, like, I'm sorry, there, there's a second, there, there's a leap there, right? Even if it's a little bit, and, and then Porter goes from what? a really good third guy to like, are we talking about, you know, a frisky all-star type run? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I think obviously that's going to be where they fluctuate, but Nikola Jokic was literally the best player in the league last year. This is 50. Your Jamal Murray point is so funny to me since you're a Raptors guy, just because 
I think from a, like, like you're very right about him not being an all-star, but he's somebody that he matters more than his stats to Denver. Fair. Like, and I think it's very much a lot like the, the chemistry and the leadership. And I definitely think uh, from a maturity standpoint, he sacrificed his numbers and his style of play to fit around Jokic. So I do think his talent that is, is fair. a little bit higher than you're giving credit for. All, all of that is fair. And, and I do think that the Murray heat check is something that energizes Denver maybe more than, than almost any other heat check outside of Stephen Curry does to, does to any of their teams. The Jamal Murray heat check invigorates Denver in a way not quite at Steph level because Steph level heat checks with the Warriors. That place is going bananas. Clay wants no. to burn the yeah. house down. Like it's incredible. But it's, Jamal Murray's in that next tier, right? And I think from that standpoint, yeah, like it matters, right? He absolutely matters more to Denver than to any other roster. But I'm sorry, even with his value of what he means to Denver, we are not talking about a top 25 player. We just aren't. And that's uh, okay. It's not going to torpedo their season. I want you guys to know this is my favorite podcast of the year. I just want you guys to understand that. Do you know why? Because all I have to do is read a couple lines and then you guys yell at each other for five minutes. So it's fantastic. I love it. This is my favorite podcast of the year. I'm also going over. Uh, Just, I'm also going over. Yeah. You know, as you look at, you know, Monty Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. And I think the guy that we haven't even mentioned is Aaron Gordon. I thought he was fantastic for them last year. And he was. I mean, they gave him a silly contract, but yeah, and the playoffs wasn't wasn't ideal. But we're talking the regular season, and I like him with Jokic. They're, they're both witty, smart players, and I think that you can do a little bit of small ball with Gordon at the five. I'm going to say something that I think might be crazy. They actually might miss Javale McGee just a bit, just like some big bozo to go throw out there just to be a big body. But I love the Jeff Green signing, and I know your guest Rob, when you guys broke this down, he liked the Jeff Green signing as well. Um, and Austin Rivers is fine. Come off the bat. PJ Dozier is fine. Like, I, I think that these guys are going to beat up on a lot of those bad teams in the West. And I think getting to that 48 to 50 win space, I think is attainable. So, um, so let's flip to what I would think is the most interesting team in the NBA this well, year. By the way, one last thing on Denver. That's my favorite Dragic destination. Over, over uh, Dallas. I mean, Dallas is the obvious, it's but the Denver obvious. is a really, really nice destination for him. Denver's always like a good destination for like every, every person that's available. That's what happens when you have Jokic. That's what happens when you have Jokic. The Golden State Warriors, Rob, 48 and a half starting the year without Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins is now vaccinated so he can play home games. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 125. Maybe I'm just under man, but until I see that Clay is healthy and I was never a big James Wiseman guy and boy, am I feeling vindicated in that. And I sort of feel the same way about Jonathan Kaminga, like they're, and maybe they do reach their potential. It's not this year. Um, I am in on Jordan Poole. I have a lot of Jordan Poole stock, but we haven't seen Clay play basketball in two and a half years at this point. Mm-hmm. so even when he comes back i don't know draymond green unless he's jumped in the lazarus pit or the fountain of youth he hasn't been the same guy it's a lot for steph it is just a lot for steph 
I think that 45 wins, I'd be like, eh, maybe. But this feels like a, until they, I see them really hoop, I think this is a 42 and 40 team fighting Ooh. for the play-in. I just this... don't think, without Clay, they need more. Ian's losing his mind right now. On this this is so... disrespectful. So, You're hold, you know man? Before, go ahead. Just go. I'm just going to mute and you guys can yell at each other. Go ahead. You're in. So I think that we have four 48 to 53 win teams in the West. Because I just don't think the West is all that good anymore. Right? I mean, it's still very good, obviously, but it's not like it once was. So the the fourth, obviously, is going to be the Lakers, provided they can stay healthy. And then I think Phoenix is up in that mix somewhere too. But, I mean, I love Jordan Poole. I agree. Stephen Curry was, should have been second in MVP voting, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, Clay has a game that sort of, it doesn't necessarily rely on peak athleticism. I agree. Two major injuries, I want to see it. Where is he going to be defensively is my concern. The thing, the thing that I like is that, if they get anything from Wiseman, like if Wiseman is even like anything, if Wiseman is Robert Williams, right? Like where like he shows you like a little, a little glimpse, like peek behind the curtain and you're like, oh my God, if Wiseman does any of that, right? Then they get super, super interesting because this is a team that finally bailed on the whole, you know, we're going to build our youth through our second round draft picks bullshit. This is a team that finally decided, you know what? I'm going to go get vets. Otto Porter. Solid, solid vet. Bayelitsa, solid. And then if they get anything from their two other rookies, Kuminga and Moody, we all of a sudden we're having a different conversation. Plus, because of how they've been able to build their assets, we're one trade away, right? If I can get Kavan Looney's contract, Moody, Kuminga, and Wiseman, I can get in a lot of doors, right? Like if the Warriors make a trade, hello, Bradley Beal. Are you listening? All of a sudden, we're talking about 55 wins. There's too much upside here. It has to be over. Who I hate the it. Last Warriors rookie that was good. Like in the Steve Kerr era, just one that was really good at basketball. I understand they picked late. Jordan Poole. Mm. No, he, he was, was fine. Bad. He, was like, fine. Like, he, was, he, yeah, was, he was playing on a bad team, but Jordan Poole was always like, but relevant. again, Steve Kerr literally took over and, and most, won the title. And to be and fair, most rookies like are bad. Years in a row. Um, most rookies are bad. I hate agreeing with Ian. I, I only have one question. I'm going over, but I'm because I'm asking you this question, Rob. Are the Golden State Warriors better or worse this year than they were last year? You don't know? It depends That's, on Clay. But Clay if had like Clay, zero. If but Clay, Clay is in like a wheelchair. Zero. If Clay is in a wheelchair, as long as he can shoot threes and be on the court in that wheelchair the warriors are objectively better they they Didn't we think we were getting clay back last year i don't i, th- I thought there was like zero percent chance he was coming back last i year. thought we thought we were getting clay back we thought he was then, getting it back and then right before he, he busted his achilles yes and now we are two years removed right and i don't like i understand his game isn't predicated on athleticism but one of the things that made him special was how everybody wants three and d guys he was the best shooter and then 
in the upper echelon of defense. I think they're they're marketably better just off the fact that they should have Clay. But until I see him on the floor, I have questions. So one quick thing. Where do you think Golden State's defense without Clay ranked last year? I'd probably say they were probably like a middle of the pack team. Like top five. Were they really? Without Clay Thompson. And this stat comes with from Andrew Zach Wiggins Lowe. in the lineup. Yes. Top five. So by the way, Draymond still matters. That's yeah. no, no, one. no. He does. I, he's just he matters. not as good as I, he but he's in the Jamal Murray road where it's like he matters to Golden State more than anybody else. He is he he drives that offense in such a way that is so unique, right? Because Steph is, you know, Steph is the car, but a lot of times Draymond's the gasoline, right? With the way he's able to pass and shift and everything else. Jordan Poole, this comes from Zach Lowe, who's legend. Jordan Poole likely opens up in Thompson's starting spot. And Golden State obliterated opponents by 18 points per 100 possessions in 221 minutes with the Curry Pool pairing. So even if I don't have, even if I don't have Clay right away, I know I have that to continue to obliterate people, to continue to obliterate people, continue to play high-level defense, and find my way. Even if Clay gets into gear later in the season, I'm going to be right there at 48, 49. Rob, the reason I, I asked you. Agree, disagree with Zach Lowe. I just want you to realize that 221 minutes is a little bit over five games. That is a very small, very small size, especially in like once the league starts to catch on the tendencies and see things like that. Yep. Yep. Those numbers cha- tend to change. The only reason why I asked if they're better than last year is because they were on pace for 44 wins in an 82 game season last year. That's why I asked that question. So we're asking them to be five wins better. The bench and, is better. Clay is back. Five wins. We'll see. Look, we will see. Again, it's not, it's not a lock. Speaking no. of locks, let's try and get this one done quickly and move on to some more intriguing teams. The Houston Rockets over under is 27 and a half. The over is even. The under is one minus 130. Lock of the fucking century. They are not winning 28 games. This might be the worst team in the NBA. I will mute my mic. Rob. Take it away. They have so much fun talent. Like, I love what they're building here. So hopefully, like, losses build character because they're going to get a lot of them. Sure are. <laughs> but like, they have a lot of fun stuff. Like, I love Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, um, Josh Christopher, some of the bigs they draft. Like, the talent is there. Ship John Wall to Albuquerque for all I care. Just keep stacking assets. and. We'll see what happens. But this year, it's going to be a lot of ass whoopings. They have They're, Dante Exum. I, I, yeah, I didn't, mind, a lot that. Of I didn't mind that for them. Jesus, I didn't even know that. Well, but you're a big Jalen Green guy, right, Rob? Oh, am I? He's just, they, they just have too many guys to do the same thing, right? Like Kevin Porter Jr., I want to gun it. Jalen Green, I want to gun it. Christian Wood, I want to gun it. Right, like there's there's just too many people that that want to do the same stuff, and then they have Daniel Tice for some reason. So you know, I I think I I think this is an under. I think this is probably you're an comfortable under. with that. I, yeah, I'm comfortable with agreeing on the under there. Lock. I, I only have two locks on this podcast, and this is the first one. The Los Angeles Clippers, forty two and a half over is minus one thirty. 
under is even. So they are calling this an over 500 team. I had I wrote down a question for every single team that we are working with today. Okay, so when we're talking about Dallas, I was talking about I asked about coaching. Denver was injuries. Golden State, what is their ceiling? Houston, is this the worst team in basketball? Rob, I'm going to ask my question about this team. Is there a potential Ewing theory here with Kawhi Leonard out? Oh my god. There might be. Um, we saw in the playoffs, Terrence Mann, uh, Kawhi goes out, 39. Um, Paul George unlocked his true self. I I wish we could – I wish I had, like, some insider friends who might have been around a Kawhi Leonard organization, and they might be able to tell me if there were rumblings that he might be difficult to play with. Like, like maybe – some Raptors fans or something. If only you knew two Raptors fans who follow this to the ends of the earth. Like it's clear that he's difficult to be around and he has diva like things, but what about on the floor? So I'll let Ian give his opinion. Every vibe that we got from anyone that we spoke to was Kawhi was fine. He was himself was fine. His people most notably, his uncle was a fucking uncle mess. <laughs> uncle Dennis was a fucking mess. That is what we heard. He And again, he wins. So, Ian, unless you have anything else to add to that, that's what I would say. Playing with Kawhi Leonard wasn't the problem. But off the court, the team was kind of suspect. I mean, I think everyone loved him from a sense of he's a good dude who's really good at basketball. If there's extra stuff that goes on with Dennis or anyone else, I mean, he's what that good. Do, you, baby? Just, you just try not to worry about it. I mean, the Raptors were 17 and five without him that year, but that's that has nothing to do with Kawhi. That is because Masai Ujiri built a juggernaut. As much as you know, people on Twitter failed failed to like to realize that that team was out insanely loaded and, and won the title without OG Ananobi, by the way. And, and I think when we talk about the Clippers, like. There are questions, right? I mean, was the Paul George resurgence in the playoffs where he became a real super duper star again? Like, was that real? Is the Reggie Jackson thing? Is that real? Is the Terrence Mann thing? Is that real? Right? Like, because if if those things are real or even sort of real, then all of a sudden we're t- we are talking about a team that's nine or ten deep. I, I, you know, as much as, as I'm going to LOL to myself about this later when he's chucking up bricks in the playoffs. Like I didn't mind the Eric Bledsoe. Me too. Addition for them. Right. Like I, it kind of makes yeah. sense for them. It kind of makes sense for them. Right. It does. It does. I mean, it adds another ball handler, defensive guy. And honestly, a guy who can, when he's engaged, could probably guard some wings, which will help when Kawhi's out. So I don't like how they're constructed or their contracts. I don't like the Reggie contract. I don't like the Kennard contract. Obviously, Bledsoe's contract's terrible, but this is a team that I think will be okay. I hate to keep going over, but I think they're going to be a little above 500. So, yeah, I, right. I do. I, I think it's a very slight over because no, I, I think the Paul George thing, it looked real. I am also an over, and I love Harry Giles on this team. I, I, I feel like everywhere he goes, I, I, I'm a big Harry Giles guy. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to do well for this team. And I think when you can lock in a top eight, as you mentioned, 
of Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George. Like, I fucking hate Marcus Morris, but he's there. Zubach, Terrence Mann, Batum, Morris and then extended that contract. Luke Kennard, Justice Winslow, if he can actually play basketball. They're going to win more games than they lose. I like the over. Rob, you're on the over? I'm on the over. Across, I guess, the, the stadium. Across the, the stadium is the Los Angeles Lakers. The over-under is 51.5. The over is minus 130 because, of course, it is. And the under is even. Last year, they were on pace for 48 wins. Would you guys like to hear who they have brought in and who they have lost? Just before okay. we get started. They have brought in Trevor Ariza. He's back. Dwight Howard is back. Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Kendrick Nunn, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker resigned, Rajon Rondo, and then Russell Westbrook out the door. Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, KCP, Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, Dennis Schroeder, Ben McLemore, and Andre Drummond. My big question here, outside of who, what the over-under is going to be, Rob, is the Westbrook-LeBron thing is going to be super, super interesting. And I, I wonder what you think about the match. Because, spoiler alert, I'm not sold. I don't think it's a perfect pairing, but I think LeBron is LeBron. Like, he gets the most out of most guys. And talent. just from a talent perspective, like, Westbrook's not a top 10 guy anymore, but he's probably a top 25 guy. And right. he's, he's just a stark upgrade in talent and cachet around the league. Like whether, whether you think he's good or not as fans, other NBA dudes respect him. And like in the game plan, they're like, oh, somebody's got to account for Westbrook. There might've been nights where they said, if we can stop AD and LeBron, who cares if Dennis Schroeder goes nuts? Dennis Schroeder. I love that. If we can stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we got a chance. I, I just want to ask one thing, Rob, because you made a good point. He might be a top 25 player. He's not a top, 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 sorry, top 10 player anymore. Does Russell Westbrook know that? Oh, absolutely not. He has no <laughs> He has no idea. That's my worry. But I think LeBron... Is, it's LeBron, like, J.R. Smith was able to control himself around LeBron, like. He's J.R. Smith. JaVale this is McGee. Russell Westbrook. But, like, we're talking about guys that, like, were career knuckleheads, and then all of a sudden, best behavior. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's probably the best example, because Dwight Howard was an all-star, an MVP candidate, multiple-time defensive player of the year, the best player on a team that went to the championship. And when it came time to get in line behind LeBron, he knew what was up. And that is the, that's obviously the hope with uh, the Lakers and Westbrook. Like, hey, you were all this stuff, but now you're with us. Get in line with the pecking order. And you do the thing with, hey, LeBron, you're getting older. Have a rest game here. And when it's a LeBron rest game, it's a Westbrook go nuts game. Act like you're back in Washington or wherever the hell you played last year. So you going over? <sighs> all that to go under? <laughs> yeah, all that to go under. Because uh, I think it's Ooh. a better match on the court than – I think they're more dangerous in the playoffs than they are in the regular season just from a talent perspective. They're I think a little old. Like the 
I don't think the regular season matters to LeBron nearly as much as it does to younger players. The only thing that scares me is two of the last three years now, LeBron's had a major injury. Year 19. 19. The, yeah, five times undefeated. It's undefeated. I'm still going to go over, though. Because I think, I think that this works better in the regular season than it does in the playoffs. I'm more worried about the spacing in the playoffs. Um, so I'm going to go over. Ian, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, though. There's only two things that matter. The first thing that matters is it's a Tuesday night, you're in Memphis. Or it's a Sunday night, you're in San Antonio. You say, LeBron, let's take a break. Can Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and this group win that game on the road? Yes. Can Anthony Davis... Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Kyle Kuzma win that game? I'd probably say they should, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bet my life that they will. You know what I mean? Westbrook gives you insurance. He gives you insurance if someone, one of the guys wants to take a night off and he doesn't do that so he can continue to do his Westbrook thing and allows me to get through those weird nights in February and March and November. So I think you pick up a couple extra wins there. I also think if they are committed to this whole Anthony Davis is going to play center thing, I do think that gets you another win or two. Which they so, aren't. They are well, not. No, I Oh, because wait, isn't DeAndre in. Jordan there too? He's a name I didn't read out. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's there too, but he was, in, he was in Brooklyn last year, but no one else knew that he was there. You know, so I would say, you know, I know they brought in Dwight and DeAndre, but those are backups. It, it, you know, when the rubber hits the road, if Anthony Davis is a center, it's an over. And if they are committed to trying that, which it sounds like Davis is finally starting to come around to the idea, then it's an over. I hate disagreeing with Rob. I just want to agree just, with every single I, one of us. I think that team rests more games. The only thing that makes me think about the over is LeBron not having home court and getting bumped last year in the first round for the first time does worry me a little bit that he might be concerned with home court for the first time ever. And Westbrook wins you regular, as Sean's point, he wins you regular season games. And look, you have to ask the question because he was doing it last year. Does LeBron have one more MVP run in him? Because when, before he got hurt, he was gaining steam, serious steam. So does he look at this and say, Hey, you're 19. I feel good. Let's do one more run. And if that's the case, and he's going to go for that, and they're healthy, it, it, it is a walk backwards over. So I, I, I just feel like there's a lot trending towards the over rather than the other way. But aren't we two years in a row where it's, hey, LeBron is gaining steam in the MVP race, and then he gets hurt? There might be a correlation well, to, be, to that. Like, it was, to, that be was... fair, to be fair, the first year of this two-year run, the world literally stopped because Very they true. had just beaten Giannis on national TV. That was the Giannis one. Giannis was... Giannis was sort of, you know, the runaway guy, but LeBron was gaining, and then LeBron smacked him in that national TV game, and that would have been the switch. But then the world ended. I'm going to say this. I know I took the over. I'm sticking with the over. The only thing that makes me lean under is every move this offseason that they did indicates to the public, us, 
about protecting their best assets. They have DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard in a role that they are going to start a center at center to protect Anthony Davis. The Russell Westbrook addition is to protect against potential LeBron James injury slash resting slash whatever lessen that workload. That's why I said I'm less worried about the regular season when with the LeBron and, and Russ thing than I am in the playoffs. But I'm going to stick with the over. Let's keep moving. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies over under is 41 and a half. Over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. Uh, Rob, did Zach Kalaman like pick up cocaine in the offseason? Like what the hell happened here? That the amount of moves that happened in this offseason for the Memphis Grizzlies that do, am I do you get it? What the hell happened here? I thought losing Grayson Allen was a little goofy, but they as long as they have they're gonna have a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. this year. And John Morant still likes hoops. I think this isn't over for me. I think that this is a surprisingly good team this year. Like they still have Bain. And, and they had, they spent almost Jaron Jackson was bad last year when he came back, but a lot of that felt like rust and trying to figure out where he was in the hierarchy after it had been so clear before he was injured. I'm in on the Grizzlies. He made like 50 trades though. And can you please explain to me the Stephen Jackson, Jonas Valanciunas trade? Because to me, for the life of, yeah, Stephen Adams. Sorry, what Let me I tell say? you. Oh, good. I you said Stephen Jackson. Sorry, I Stephen do Adams. think that acquiring Adams allows them to get a guy who I don't need to, who doesn't need to shoot, right? Like for Jonas to matter, he needs to shoot. And I think if they are taking away a guy who can, and I'm not saying shoot threes, I mean, shoot in general, right? Like Valanchunas in order to be valuable needs to score. Steven Adams to be valuable needs to defend rebound and set brick wall screens. So in doing that, I think it's as a way to try and bring John Morant to that next step, whatever that step is, whatever that next pedestal is like, can John Morant mess around and sniff the all-star team? Right. Well, what's one way to do that? Get him more shots. Maybe that, maybe that matters for Jaron Jackson Jr. I haven't seen Jaron Jackson Jr. play enough games where I'm relying on him to be a borderline playoff team. I think this is a play-in team, unless John Morant hits a different level. So th- this is honestly an under for me. I, I will say this: I do like the Jarrett Culver pickup. I do like. I still. I still. I still like it. Uh, I I think Chris Dunn. He has a role now. Now the he Memphis Grizzly fans are going to absolutely love him. So you know, I make a joke about the amount of trades that happened. But I do think that where they ended up. uh, Help me with this, Rob. What do we expect out of Taylor Jenkins? What could he do to? I really think the big key here is unlocking. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I think the Steven Adams thing helps because he's sort of in the, is he really a center mold or is his body going to hold up for him as a full-time center? If you can play him with Adams a little bit more and allow him to do some of the, let Adams do the dirty work. Let Adams be uh, Ja's main pick and roll partner um, what people loved about Jackson was the soft shooting stroke. Let him fill in the corner sometimes. 
But in so order no, to do that, though, so nothing on the coach. The I think Taylor Jenkins is. Fine I've never heard him. of him. I, that's why I'm asking. I literally Taylor Jenkins is objectively good, right? I mean, he's clearly good because this team continues to get better. And as, the roster isn't necessarily getting better, right? I mean, you know, they're nailing their draft picks. But he's finding a way to make every guy matter. And last year, they were legit 10 deep, 11 deep, like with legit NBA players. So Jenkins oh, clearly knows what he's doing. Oh, right? my so, God. He's been the coach for three years. I've never yeah. heard of this man in my entire life. Um, Zach Lowe wrote an amazing article on him about Two years ago, you should probably go in the archives and find that. Like, I need to. It'll teach you a lot about him, actually. Guys, I have never heard of him. So wait, in who my did you entire think coach was. I honestly you still don't think know. it was Dave Yeager. Yeah, I thought it was Dave I Yeager. Thought it was Mike Fratello. Da- Dave Yeager or Hubie Brown. Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager is on Doc's bench in Philly. I just thought whoever coached the Vancouver Grizzlies 20 years ago, that's who I thought the coach was. I had no, I'm reading this. I'm writing down all the coaches and doing like, who the fuck is Taylor Jenkins? I have never heard of this man. Um, He's good. So you guys are both on the over. I love Uh -uh. Brandon Clark. I'm under. You're under. Rob's on the over. I'm on the over. I love Brandon Clark. I think he's fantastic. I think that we keep talking about the, the JJJ aspect, but I think that, I think he's their best power forward for just, you know, you know, for fun. If Jackson also... doesn't play, how do they score? Jo- John Morant shoots a lot. Okay, but who else? Dylan Brooks can do stuff. Kyle Anderson's okay. shifty. I love, I love Dylan Brooks. Me too. But uh, you got but Desmond you, you Bain coming off the bench. Morris. Okay, but, but Sean. So I agree with you. Morant, Morant can average 30. Brooks can average 20. That's only 50. I am how going... am I getting the rest? I am going to go the over only because I feel like I haven't sided with Rob Shaw enough today. So I'm going to go the over. Uh, I don't know I if think this that, is the one to side with. I think 41 and a half is the perfect number. I think they're somewhere between 40 and 44 wins. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go that route. Uh, one I'm not worried about is Minnesota. 34 and a half wins. This is my second lock. Mine too. And I hope you're an under. I am definitely an under on 34 and a half. Over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. I don't even have to talk. Again, my favorite podcast of the year. This is a absolute fucking lock under. Lock under. The, the, the thing that you can cheer for here is an Anthony Edwards leap here. Cool. Cat's great. This guy might not be on the team in two months. And I, I am not a believer. In D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Russell. I'm just not. It's not. This is 35 wins for this team? No. Under. Lock. Go Ian? Ahead. Ooh, he's throwing to the other guest. I guess you're not a guest. You're the co-host. <laughs> I, I think Chris Finch, like that part's going to matter, right? Because he's an offensive coach. What can he bring Cat even further along? The reason why this is an under, though, is because new ownership on the way, right? They always like to do, you know, you got an outgoing owner who maybe wants one last hurrah or you have a new owner coming in. Either way, you're either going to have the old owner do something wild that's going to completely blow up because it's going to be a horrible idea, i.e. getting Ben Simmons. Or you're going to have the new owner come in and clean the whole house and it's going to struggle again. So there's just too much variability here. And Russell hasn't proved he can stay healthy or be good at all. 
That's like at anything. So why are we pretending? I mean, even if Anthony Edwards has the biggest leap alive. Okay. Well, I'm sure if he becomes Michael Jordan, then they're going to be an over, but I mean, sure. Okay. (laughs) If Anthony Edwards becomes Michael Jordan, then yes, I will say that this is going to be, I agree. This is an, it's an, Rob, they projected for 26 wins in an 82 game season last year. I know you're on the under. I'm so far under with these guys. Like I, I, I say we just start the, I say we just shoot a tweet to some, like shoot out tweets daily. Like, Yo, rumblings in Minnesota that cat wants out because like, it's going to happen. Like if you send the tweet out every day within the next 18 months, you're going to like, people are going to be like, it's really going to happen. So just shoot it out every day. And like, people will believe it. Well, and he already reportedly requested a trade after they fired the president because he was sleeping with, it was infidelity. There was, he wouldn't let his assistant GM leave. Do you know, this story was crazy. That's Minnesota, okay. right? I'm not, I'm not losing my yeah. mind. No, no, you're, it's just, like, I'm just hoping for, like, I don't even know what to hope for for Cat, because, like, in all, like, an all-time great offensive season, the narrative doesn't change. It's, yeah, we know he's good on offense. Does he impact winning? Like, he's the next Anthony Davis where he needs to get out of town and get with somebody new. What about Dallas? Him in Dallas would have been – I would have been 100, more ti- 100 times more excited if Rick Carlisle was still the coach just because I know what he can do offensively. But him and Luca as a pairing would be fun. Would, would be, be mind-blowing, actually. Fun is an understatement. Fun is not a strong enough word. The best cat destination is Golden State, period. We've had this conversation multiple times yes, on podcast. If I could have yeah. Draymond and Cat together, yes, please. Sign me up. Thank you. Thank you. Check, please. Cat will be what we wanted DeMarcus Cousins to be all the way into that. And I think that's possible, right? I mean, it's not going to be the Wiggins contract, but contract X and all of my stuff. The New Orleans Pelicans over under is 39 and a half. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 115. Pretty good. Rob, what the hell is this team? Oh, oh, we're already doing the weight thing with Zion? We haven't started the season? He, Well, he had a Jones fracture, something I know about. I've had two Jones fractures. It's a break in the fifth metatarsal. And this is already a guy who struggles with his weight. It's And a Jones fracture, I should say, is a stress fracture. So your care, it's too much stress on your body. You know how that happens? Being fat. Um. Other athletes that have had this, uh, the year Michael Jordan missed uh, 72 games his second year, stress fracture, Jones fracture. Um, The year Durant missed a lot of time in Oklahoma City, Jones fracture, uh, Joel Embiid. It happens to bigger people. And he's, I just can't trust his health. Like, that's what it comes down to. Um, He had surgery in the offseason. Uh, which apparently nobody knew about until media day. I just, and then there's all the reports about how maybe not him personally, but his camp doesn't like what's happening in new Orleans. This is too messy for me. And then that number is too high. Do you like the Devontae Graham guy? I do like Devontae Graham. Um, He can shoot, he can shoot it off the dribble, but I don't trust that we'll see enough Zion. Trading like Lonzo Ball for Devontae Graham 
at the end of the day, that's what they did, right? They paid Devontae Graham a little bit less, right? What did Graham get? He got 11 million and Lonzo got what, 20? Okay, so we got half. A little more. So they could sign Thomas Sadoransky and get Garrett Temple and Jonas Valanciunas. Don't chirp Thomas Sadoransky on this podcast. And and gave Josh Hart 12 million. Like, okay. Unless Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram get back to like that all star level, this is this is the biggest lock on the podcast. It's an it is an under lock. Zion is amazing, but I'm sorry he's not forty wins. No chance. Not 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 at this stage. Not at his style. Not with his injury risk. And look, like that team is going to hemorrhage points. It's going to hemorrhage points. Lonzo Ball was one of their only good defensive players. They replaced that person with Devontae Graham, who's not even six foot. This this is such a waste of an elite player. And I even feel bad for Brendan Ingram. I mean, this is it's it's embarrassing. I mean, they 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 brought in Stan Van Gundy for some reason. Although I do like the Willie Green hire. This is an under. It is a lock under. This is the biggest lock on the podcast. I do agree with the defense part. How who, starting, who they're going to hemorrhage points? A starting lineup. What of player on their Graham. team is a plus defensive player? Other than Josh and Josh Hart's okay. Nikhil Alexander Walker can defend, but I would say, huh. literally no one. This is an under for me too. God damn! It, I hate disagreeing with Rob Shaw. This is a, this no, no, is no, an, no, under. No, an under. Oh, you're under? Oh yeah, I'm way under. Oh, way under. Love it. Love it. And unless Ka- unless Ka- Kira Lewis could end up being good. But that's I, the thing. I, I, but he's gonna I'm be good sorry. offense. He's gonna be good offensively. That talk about short. That dude's like five six. It's so bad. This is so bad. But Brandon Ingram is very good. I will I give like, props for that. Ingram. He's better I than Ben Simmons. And I lost that. And always has been. No, correct. no, has not always been. Stop. Our first was, ever video. I'm correct. sending it to you, Rob. Our first time ever in the media world. That was the discussion. Ben Simmons versus Brandon Ingram. And you will agree with me by the end of it because I know you like me better. We're going to move on to uh, Oklahoma City. The over-under is 23 and a half. Overs minus 115. Unders one, minus 115. Um, can I just go? Go ahead. I'm taking the over. I shouldn't. They're not good. But damn, do they play hard? And they're gonna—they're just gonna fall backwards in 24 wins. I'm sorry, this—this this is not. There's no math, no logic, no. They want to be bad, but SGA, Dort, Baisley, and and they're and I'm going, I'm going over. I think they're better. I I truly believe that Polkashevsky. they are better than. than I truly mean? believe that they are better than Houston. And Houston's over under is 27 and a half. This is a team that sent home their early 20s budding star in the middle in the middle of a season where he could use reps to develop because they wanted to lose games. They sent that guy home on purpose in the middle of the season. If they do that again, which by the way, they need to if they do that and stunt that kid's growth one more time, then because SGA was was blatantly going to be an all-star or should have been or was knocking on the door of being they need to take the keys away. Yeah, and, they, and, and there's they, nothing that's stopping them from doing that. This is an under. 
and they did that, and yet they were still projected for 25 wins in a 82 game season. So it's a it's an over. It's an over, Rob. It's an over just because last year they played 72 games and they won 22. And Ian brought up the point that they literally had to send SGA home because he was winning them too many games. Like, this Look. isn't over. Well, what's stopping them from doing that again? They, they might, but they're still going to win 25 games. What's stopping them is um, their draft assets aren't near. Last year was the big draft for them. Um, Cade played at OK State. Like, this was, this was the draft where they thought, hey, all our chips are in. This year doesn't have as much. They don't have as much riding on their draft picks this year. Sean started to name the team. <laughs> Got to Lou Dort after SGA and literally stopped talking. So I'm sorry. Does SGA, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, um, Mike Muscala, Derek. and Alexei Pokushevsky make you excited? Mm, but Derek Favors? DJ okay. Wills, Ty Jerome, Virginia legend. This is a G League team. This is a G League team. <laughs> and that's like, what makes what? GA so special. That's right. That's right. Because they they have good habits. Good habits get you 25 wins. Let's let's keep going, boys. Uh Rob the Phoenix Suns, 51 and a half. Over is minus 120. Under is minus 110. Floor is yours. I think I'm an over. I think this is a team that's they're going to be hungry. They had more, they got their success a little bit earlier than I think they were ready for, but they bring back just about everything. They added Olympic gold medalist and NBA champion JaVale McGee, which is a joke, but that stuff is actually true about him. Um, But another year of Chris Paul Booker, I do wish they would have found another score to add to them because not that it matters in the regular season. I think there'll be a regular season juggernaut, but in the playoffs, it really came down to look, there were only two guys who could create for themselves and two and a half when it was campaign, but he was like feast or famine. But I think this is a good regular season team. And I think they might be gunning for the one seed. I'm going to ask you a quick question because Ian and I kind of, we didn't argue about it. It was more, it was a constructive conversation, Rob. Is Does DeAndre Ayton deserve the max? Given his position, given what other people have gotten, and given his run in the playoff. He's going to get the max. I don't know if he... I'm sort of out on centers unless they can be right. offensive hubs. That That's my main issue with James Wiseman. Like, unless you can be... Cat Embiid or um, Jokic, I'm sort of out on centers getting, taking them high in the draft or paying them buku bucks just because in today's NBA, like if this guy can block shots and dunk, you can have a career. So unless it's like a special, special offensive weapon, I don't want to be the one shelling out that cash, but like DeAndre Ayton's going to get it. I, and I I disagreed, but Ian but Ian fully was in favor of that, and it made sense when when he laid it out to me, it made sense. Go ahead, Ian. It's asinine to think that he would he shouldn't get the max. There there aren't five centers you'd rather have than Aiton. There just isn't. I like I'd rather have Aiton than Gobert. 
and Gobert got 200 million. So, I mean, and Aiton's 23. They just gave Chris Paul four years for some reason for 120 million. Like, I'm sorry. If you give that money to Chris Paul for 30 million, then DeAndre, your 23 year old star center, is getting paid. There's no cap savings to save here. Like the cap is screwed. So he's getting it right to Rob's point. I think when you talk about the roster, they got to where they were last year. Aiton made a huge jump. Booker made a made another little jump. Bridges really came on. Cam Johnson was a great playoff guy. But I just can't. It's really hard for me to rely on that kind of season again from a 36-year-old point guard who's going to be 37. That's a lot. That's a lot. And again, if Paul gets hurt, if Paul gets hurt, is this a is this like a, a play-in team? And at 37, 36, 37, are we confident that Paul can play all 82? I just don't know. Like this situation, this this house of cards that they built sort of by getting Chris Paul when they did. And there's no argument. You do it 100 times out of 100 because it gives you a chance. But the house that they're building this that they're building this on is getting a little flimsier by the day just because of Chris Paul's age and the position he plays and his importance to driving the team. So this to me is an under. So I think. If, go sorry. ahead, Rob. No, go so ahead. If, go ahead. Booker's getting paid what he's getting paid, and he's a all-star level player. And then you're paying DeAndre eight in the max because you believe he's developing into a budding all-star. Then this team shouldn't be a play-in team with or without Chris Paul. Like they should be no worse than the sixth seed. If you believe that Aiton is that important and impactful at center. I don't disagree, but I think we've seen it before where, you know, I mean, again, they have three stars or two bona fide stars and one on the come up and then like literally role players, right? Like say what you want about Mikael Bridges. Like at this point, he's a role player. He's a good one, but he's a role player. So if one goes down, I don't see why this team would be, you know, I think this team would fall probably if Paul goes down, this is a, a five or six seed in my eyes. Right. And that to me, I'm sorry, that isn't that isn't 51 wins. And, and to the Aiton point, our concern with him was never that he's going to be an epic offensive player. I think that part is coming and it's coming soon. The defense was a concern. And that's the thing that's impressing the most. That playoff run, the defense is what impressed us the most. So if he's doing that defensively now. And I know the offense has always been there. Pay that man. I'm somewhere in the middle of you guys. He's going to get the max because an agent will look at the rest of the league and go. And by the way, this is a coming off of a rookie deal max. It's not the super max. He's not getting 200 million. This is the Andrew Wiggins contract, right? It's 125. He's going to get that. Because every agent would look around the league and say, this is what these players got. This is what my client deserves. And they're probably right. He's probably right. DeAndre Ayton is the third best player on this team. And he, it's been a smaller sample size. Obviously, he had the PAD suspension. I don't know if it was this past year or the year before. Year He's going to get that money. He's going to get that money. And, but again, I, where I agree with, again, where Ian pull, pulled me around was 
I said, there's no way that he's going to get this money, but he is. And I'm more with you, Rob, is I wouldn't want to pay DeAndre Ayton $125 million. With that said, I think this team has a chance to be the best team in the Western Conference. What I don't like is that they just lost in the finals, which in every sport across every single league has its downside. And a guy like a 36-year-old point guard who got hurt, had COVID, got the whole thing. With that said, if, I, if I'm going to sit here and say they have a chance to be the best team in the Western Conference, I am going to take the over. Um, Rob, it's, let's, let's fly through these, these next three, if you don't mind, pretty quickly. Let's start with Portland. Portland is, uh, and by the way, did you go over or under on Phoenix? You're over, right? I went over on Phoenix. Ian, were you over or under? Under. Let's go to Portland. Uh, 44 and a half over is minus 130. Under is even. Two questions that I quickly have. This could be a Ben Simmons destination. Feels like the most logical one, the CJ McCollum trade. And also, after all the, hu- after all the workup, I completely forgot that Chauncey Billups is the coach of this team. Completely forgot. So, Portland, Rob Shaw, over or under 44 and a half. I really don't like that Vegas used this number because I could see this going either way. <clears throat> I think, man, like that's probably right where I would have put them is that like eh, 45-ish. I think I'm going to go over here and I'm not really happy about it. I just don't know. There's so many variables. Are they a real Simmons destination? If they get off to a rocky start, is Dame Lillard back in trade conversations? There's a lot to go wrong, but they have a ton of continuity. I do believe in Chauncey Billups. They're getting back Nurkic. I'm I'm going over. I'm also going over. They were on pace for 48 wins last year. They added uh, Larry Nance, which I really like for this team. Great pickup. And I am going to go over. I, I don't know why Ben, uh, no offense, Ben Malcolmore, I'm sure he's a very nice man. Did he like completely remake his game? Because I thought he should have been out of the league like four years ago. Uh, I'm going over. Going over. Ian? See, I want to say, I want to say under, but Portland finds a way to do this every once in a while, like every year where they're like, oh, it's under. And then they perform over. And then we're like, ah, they did it to us again. We shake our fists at the sky. I think, you know, Abe Simpson, Lillard, Lillard, McCollum, Covington, Nance, Nurkic, and Norm. That's really six really good players. And, you know, it's after that that it gets real dicey, real dicey. Is Nasir Little anything? Do we think anything of Anthony Simons? Dennis Smith is here. Tony Stell is here. Cody Zeller is here. Dennis Smith Jr. is on team. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, a, a Tony Snell, who's guaranteed going to hit like eight threes against the Raptors because he always does. Little and Simons are interesting young guys for them, and I think one of them might pop, and I think it's going to be Simons. He was he was the cute one, um, the, the pick amongst insiders two years ago. Hasn't happened yet, but I agree. I think, I think it's he's impossible for him to pop as long as those two guards are on the team and healthy. Well, he's right, made like, himself into a really good uh, three-point shooter. I don't disagree, right? But in order to pop, you need to play. And I, I just don't see how he's playing any more than 16 minutes a night unless they plan, unless Chauncey's 
insane and wants to play Simons, McCollum, and Lillard together. And by the way, your 29th ranked defense gets a lot, whole lot worse when you do that. So if Chauncey's going to find a way to get this team to guard, Larry Nance doesn't fix all of your problems. I love Larry Nance and love that pickup. I like under here. Wow. I was only going to ask the one question because Rob asked it to us on his podcast, which was, if there's one player on lead pass that you wouldn't expect to pop that does pop for a team like Toronto, and we gave our answers, go listen to the Shaw's Law podcast. Could it not be Anthony Simons, though, yet? Because I think he's the biggest candidate for this team. You know what? Well, here's the, here's the thing. I kind of want to change my thing to over just because of that's how highly I think of Dame Willard. Mm. Come to the over. Come to is the, there the 50, over. Is there a 15% chance he gets traded? There's a 0% chance he gets traded this year. It had to be an off-season deal. Zero percent chance. Come to the over. The problem is, I think the number's forty-five. That's, that's what I think the number is. Over. I think then it's over forty-five wins. Then it's over. So I think it's. I think it's a slight over. Yes. Slight right, over. Let's go. But uh, I stand by it. This team is a not a. T- if I was actually betting this, I would not touch it. I, I can't trust how wobbly. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It is after the top six. And yet if and if you're betting it, you're probably gonna want to bet the under because of the because of the money. But we're we're just talking picks. Let's try and get through these last two before we get to Utah. We'll spend a little more time in Utah. San Antonio over under is 28 and a half. Wow, Greg Popovich just fell from, from the earth or from the sky. Over is minus 130 even. Uh or sorry, the under is even. Rob, over under for San Antonio. Under. They just don't have enough top end talent. Like I I love Keldon Johnson. I think Derek White could be good. It's just, there's just not enough talent for me. And like, I understand it's pop and you don't bet against pop. It's just not enough talent. Like, I think it's time to really throw it in and swing for defenses, get a high draft pick, like a real high draft pick, not eight to 14, like suck this year and take a swing for defenses with a top five guy. How 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 are they scoring the ball in the hoop? You know how you have to do to like win games? How exactly do they plan to do that? Doug McBuckets. Zach Collins. I do right, think like, they have a resurgence there. All the best with that. He's already uh, hurt though. He the guy the guy yeah. the guy looks oh, at yeah. a basketball court and gets hurt. So he's already hurt. Yes. I am excited. I want to see a lot more Derek White, Lonnie Walker. Keldon Johnson. I want to see a lot of that. I want to see like a lot of that. Medalist Keldon Johnson. Yeah, I want to see a lot of that. I really do. Then we're talking Jakob Pertl, Zach Collins. No man, Dejounte Murray's in there, but he, you know, he still can't score. This is an under. I'm going over, and I'm also going under. Point five years after the 2021-2022 season that Greg Popovich is coaching. So I think this is his last year. I think that he goes over this number. I think they are just competitive enough to beat this number. You know, when you're talking one more over-under win than Minnesota, or sorry, than Houston, I'm going to take the over. Because I think Greg's going to, I think Greg is worth at least three to five wins. Just Houston on has more talent. Way more talent. Right? Like, how are we scoring? I go into every game. I'm Greg Popovich, and I got to go, okay, I know I probably got to get 105 or 104 points to win this game. In the 90s, 
In the no, 90s, but, you needed 105. He, no, but I, you need like I, I'm saying to like, fine. But I'm saying to, to like be in the game. If I score 100, 104 points, like I'm in and around the game. So let's say, fine. Let's say it's 110. Even better. Where is that coming from? I, so let's say, let's <clears> say Walker, White, and, and Johnson all get 20. I have 50 left. Where, where is that coming from? I'm taking the over. You don't have to agree with me. I've disagreed with Rob a lot tonight. I've disagreed with you a lot tonight. I'm taking the over. It's an over. And Greg Popovich is retiring at the end of the season. Let's go to the next one. Sacramento, 36 and a half. Over is minus 125. Under is minus 105. Ian, I'm throwing to you first. They were projected, sorry, on pace for 35 wins last year. Can they get to 37 this year? Fox, Halliburton, Heald. Barnes, Holmes, Bagley, Mitchell, Tristan Thompson, Harkless. Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis. Is that 37 wins? It certainly doesn't feel like 37 wins. Unless Halliburton pops or Fox can magically stay healthy. Or if Mitchell comes in and is like an immediate impact rookie. No, man. And Luke Walton's gone by the All-Star break. Ciao, ciao. Rob, Marvin Bagley. Can we salvage this guy? I just think he's he was born to score. And like as when he was growing up, it was hey, you could just physically dominate. I think he needs to, you know who he needs to call in the offseason? He needs to call Julius Randle. And hey, what did you do to make yourself into a solid NBA player? Above solid at this point. But like Bagley's Bagley needs to talk to Randall and Randall's people. Like they're both left-handed. Um, Bagley probably shot it better coming out and was a little bit more finesse where Randall was more power, but that's who he needs to be looking at. And the problem with the Kings is their four best players all play the same positions. Halliburton, Fox, Heald, and Mitchell. They're all guards. This is this is an under just because they don't the roster's not constructed right. They need to make a trade. And Ben Simmons isn't that answer. There's not many questions for me that Ben Simmons is the answer to. Who is bad? That that's one of them. Oh, wow. He's, not, he's just not good motivated properly. I'm also on the under. Sacramento. The under is always a safe play when you're talking about Sacramento. Let's get to one of the most confusing ones. The Utah Jazz. Number one seed in the Western Conference last year. This year, a little bit different story. 51 and a half. The over is minus 160. The under is plus 120. Vegas is begging you to take the under. Rob Shaw, are you taking the under, Pod God? I'm taking the over, and I hate them. Like I don't enjoy watching them. But they're built to win in the regular season. Like when you can't scheme for Rudy Gobert, like for three, four days in a row, they're just built to win in the regular season. I wouldn't pick them to win anything in the playoffs, but in the regular season, it's just a good regular season team. Are they the Milwaukee Bucks of the Western Conference for you? Because you hate watching Milwaukee too. Yeah. And I, oh man, I had to eat a lot of crow watching the Bucks win the chip. 
but um from yeah, us they, yes <laughs> no no the jazz and the bucks don't do much for me um donovan mitchell is always fun and i like joe ingles but just as a general thing like the jazz what did lebron say come on man we never played with them in 2k like that that's that's sort of how i feel about them like i was like go ahead Bron, tell the truth i don't even want to answer this one like, I don't want to answer this one. I think there's too many above 32 guys that they need to make an impact. Conley, Bogdanovich, Rudy Gay, Ingles. Like, it's kind of a lot of age of dudes they kind of need to contribute. That said, I mean, I know they're built for the regular season. This one just sucks. Like, I don't even know what to say. Because there's a thing, right? You, you have to think if they go under <laughs> 51 wins – you have to think the Quinn Snyder noise maybe starts. And I just don't envision a universe where that happens. The other thing, too, is that now that the world is back, you know, does the Mitchell and, and Gobert thing finally get to a point where it's untenable? Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. I maybe just gets to that point. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably going to take an L on this one, but I'm going to say under just because I just can't bring myself to care. I don't see Utah making an in-season trade. Like they just don't strike me as that kind of team. And definitely not. I, I just think there's some Conley regression. Um, maybe there's some Jordan is- Clarkson regression. Like I think they're deep and Quinn is amazing and they have home court. I, I just see some regression. I mean, Conley made the all-star team. Come on. But even Conley. some even some regression, they still finish over. They're on pace for almost 60 wins last year. And the West is worse. So I don't think – I agree with both of you. I think that in the playoffs, this is not a team that you have to be overly scared of outside of Donovan Mitchell going absolutely crazy. And speaking of Donovan Mitchell, I also think that he is the one, like, I am requesting a trade, get me out of this nonsense. He's at the top of my list for a guy who's going to put his hand up and be like, I'm out. But a lineup of Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Gobert, bench of Clarkson, Ingles. Oh my God, Hassan Whiteside is on this team. Yes, he is. Can, can I switch? With, no, I'm going to stay with the over. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over, uh, even though right now, Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Gobert, Ingles, Rudy Gay are all hurt. But I'm still going to take the over. Still taking the over. So great start, Utah. Great. Absolutely fantastic start. But pod God, Harry Potter. That's the perfect tone for it. (laughs) It's been a fantastic episode. Thank you for having us on earlier. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Make sure you check out the Shaw's Law podcast and Rob Shaw anywhere that you can find podcasts on all social media channels. Make sure you're checking him out. He is doing 30 podcasts on 30 NBA teams in 30 days. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you soon. Appreciate it, guys.